welcome to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. I'm Eric Lacasse, and today we'll be talking about teaching them diligently. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. It is the 21st of March, 2022. I want to give a quick shout out to my mother. This week is uh, her birthday on Wednesday and she's going to be <coughs> one. So she's going to, I'm sure, have a blessed time. Her sister is visiting her from Texas. Hey, Aunt Carla. And I just hope that she has a great week. This uh, past week has been absolutely crazy. I realize I'm actually posting this on um, a little bit later on Monday than I normally do. Normally I actually post this on one o'clock in the morning because I usually pre-record this on Sunday, but I spent the entire Sunday with my lovely husband cleaning out our garage. Sometimes it's time to just clean things out. And you know, with Passover coming up, it's a really great opportunity and great time for us to do what a lot of people call spring cleaning. And that includes even in our garage because there are actually, uh, times where my children will find my husband's old MREs. Um, for the, those who, of you who don't know, that's like a military prepackaged food. Um, and they'll eat it and, or just leave it half eaten in our garage. So it's good to try to clean up the garage and get all the leaven out. You wouldn't think there's leaven in your garage. There is. But, um, so that's what I was doing all of yesterday. And on Friday, as you, as you guys know, if you've listened to my podcast at all, I am a school bus driver for a private school. Well, the administrator for the school for the past five years has been trying to talk me into being a sub, being a substitute teacher. And I really have not been super interested in doing that. Um, it's definitely out of my comfort zone, but it also has to do with my particular health issues and my allergies in the bus. I have, uh, it's a controlled area and a controlled environment in a school, in a classroom that could be different from day to day, not able to have a controlled environment. So that made me a little bit wary. I finally caved on Friday and I went ahead and was a substitute teacher for a high school science teacher. She had a STEM class. She had a biology. She had chemistry. She had biology. I praise God for this teacher because she was so organized that I really didn't have to do much of anything. There were a couple tests. There was a project for the chemistry students. I actually, unlike most people, uh, teenagers do not scare me. In fact, I prefer them over any other age group, especially when you're teaching them because they will push the limits. Yes. Just like, you know, younger kids do, but they actually will try to manipulate you and try to play mind games with you at the same time and try to see how far, you know, they could pull one over on you. And it was really funny because this teacher actually wrote in uh, her notes to me specifically for, for different classes. This class will try to pull one over on you. These are their assigned seats. This is exactly, I'm drawing you a picture of the different tables and what each kid, where they're supposed to sit. And it was just really, really funny to me. Um, cause they totally did. It was, it was great fun for me. It was mentally challenging just to, um, you know, they keep you on your toes and that's a good thing. Um, but anyway, so very busy today. Not only was I doing my normal bus run, but then I did a field trip to a children's museum here in town that I'd not been to. And it actually was really quite fantastic. And it was for, uh, all of the kindergarten classes. 
which meant not just my bus, but another uh, school bus driver also went on this field trip with me. And uh, it was really fun, but I'm not going to lie. I'm exhausted. And if any of you have children who are still in a school system or a private school or whatever, especially if they're younger kids, give them something to let them know that you appreciate them. Because, oh my goodness, I could not believe the energy. (laughs) Clearly I'd forgotten because all of my children are teenagers now. How much of your energy is required to keep up with those small little children? They are awesome, but very challenging, which actually works out really well today because I'm going to talk about teaching them diligently. Before I get into that, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the tour portion for this week. It's called Shemini, which means eighth. The tour portion is Leviticus chapter 9, verses 1 through chapter 11, verses 47. Then you have two half tour portions, depending on who you're talking to. So you have 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 1 to chapter 7, verses 17. Then you have Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 16 to 38. Then you have the Brit Hadashah, which is Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. All of them are totally linked. And they actually go really well with what I want to talk to to you about today. And that is teaching them diligently, them being our children. It is so important, especially, you know, me kind of letting you know what I've been doing this past week. There was a reason for it, not just telling you about my week, but also because it actually plays really well with what I'm going to talk about, which I've discussed this before. I may have even titled something the very same thing before, but it is the the thread throughout all of these different uh, verses and chapters for this particular Torah portion is being obedient to Adonai and what happens when you choose not to be obedient to Adonai. And sometimes uh, it can be pretty harsh, a lot harsher than I think even we would even think that he could be uh, nowadays, but he certainly could, you know, there are certain things that God will not tolerate and we need to be mindful of that. And if we're not teaching our children the proper respect and fear of Adonai, we could be setting them up for failure and setting them up to make very, very big mistakes when they're growing up. I was actually talking to a parent, a friend of mine who was at the, um, field trip today with his son and we were talking about it and I, you know, and I'm, I was just kind of trying to impart some wisdom to him because he's got, he and his wife have a few kids. They're, they're good friends of ours. They actually go to our congregation and just saying like, look, man, if, if you can try to impart and teach them what they need to know when they're younger, things will hopefully tentatively be easier when they're teenagers. Now, obviously there are special cases there where that's not always the situation. Um, for us, we had a lot of problems with our oldest and I don't think it was necessarily about what we taught him. It had to do with his autoimmune disorder and how it affected his brain. There are certain situations that are completely out of our control, not to mention your children. Shockingly, they have the same gift that Adonai has given you the gift of choice and they can choose to do the wrong thing. Even if you've taught them the right thing, the hope is that you've taught them what they need to know. They you've taught them the word of Adonai so that they have the word hidden in their heart so that even if they do choose to stray 
you could pray that they will come back. I know that that was something that my, my mother and my grandmother definitely prayed for me. And I thank God they did because that's probably why I'm here today because I definitely went astray. And I'm sure that there were many sleepless nights on my mother's account where she was simply praying for me and praying that I would just get my act together because I was an absolute mess as a teenager. Now, when you think of teach them diligently, where does that come from? Is that actually biblical? It is. It comes literally right out of the word of God. It comes out of Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine. Now, many of you may be familiar with this. It's also known as the Shema. This is something I'm, I'm probably, I really do need to do a series on because the Shema is so in depth. It's so detailed. There's so much you can get out of it. In fact, there's, uh, something called the Bible project. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's not messianic. I know how some of you feel about that. It's not messianic, but it can also be a really good tool. I feel that they did a really good job in explaining the Shema in detail and what it means. The Shema says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love Adonai your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These words which I am commanding you today are to be on your heart. You are to teach them diligently to your children and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, bind them as a sign on your hand, there to be as frontless between your eyes and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And then, you know, this is something that my husband and I say twice a day. We say in the morning when we first wake up, we say it right before we go to bed. We also add, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself, which is what we're adding uh, to what... Yeshua himself said, you know, what's the most, the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like unto the first, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, right? So give me a moment. I'm going to take a sip of water. It's been a day, guys. It's been a good day. My husband actually walked out to my car and said, hey, honey, how are you doing? And he looked at my face. He's like, whoa, (laughs) yeah, you're tired. But anyways, um, that's my little tangent for you. It's so important for us to really dwell on this, these particular verses. And there's a reason that we are told to say the Shema on a daily basis. It's because it's something that you think on, that you dwell on, that you are reminded that you are to basically, what is it telling you to do? Pray without ceasing. Talk about Adonai without ceasing. Be in his word without ceasing. You know, I always think of Daniel where he was, uh, you know, praying, even when the loss, you know, forbade him from doing so, he did it anyways. And that's really what we need to be doing. No matter what the situation, no matter how busy our lives get. And believe me, life can get busy. I do know that. Um, We are to consistently search after God, search after Yeshua, search after his heart, search after the Ruach, ask for his help. And the other thing I wanted to read to you, which is actually the first uh, half Torah portion, um, which is Ezekiel 36, 26 to 28. This is something, it's almost like, a, it's, it's a prophecy for uh, what happened in the New Testament. And if you read it, you'll, you'll have that understanding. It says, moreover, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I'll remove the stony heart from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my Ruach within you. Then I will cause you to walk in my laws so you will keep my rulings and do them. Then you will live in the land that I gave to your fathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. So it's like a prophecy. This is what happens when you accept Yeshua into your life, when you proclaim him as your savior and you profess it with your mouth and believe in your heart. And 
it's so important for us to remember that, that once that happens, we don't need to simply stop there. We need to go and search after him and search after his heart, which means what? Reading the word, right? Surrounding yourself with like-minded believers. And there's something that I get every single week. I know I've mentioned it before. In fact, I'm pretty sure I've read it before. It's it's uh, from Homeschooling Torah, if any of you are familiar with that. Absolutely promote that. We did that for a full year with um, all four of my children when I was doing homeschooling until my health was making it um, very difficult to do so. And I wanted to read what she had to say about the Torah portion this week. It says, Shavuotov. This week's Torah portion is called Shemini, which means eighth. It was on the eighth day of the service of Aaron and his sons that Adonai's glory filled the tabernacle. Fire came down and consumed their sacrifices, and the people bowed down and worshipped. Unfortunately, soon after, two of Aaron's sons offered incense in a way different from how Adonai had prescribed. And fire came out from Adonai and consumed them. I'm going to pause there. So Aaron's sons, they offered incense in a way different from how Adonai had prescribed. Now, if you have read any of, you know, Leviticus or Exodus, you know, where he's telling them, and I mean, he is being very descriptive. There, like, there's some serious detail in what it is exactly that he wants you to do when it comes to offerings and sacrifices. And these sons were taught these specific ways. And instead they chose to do it differently. And the punishment for them was death because they chose to do things their own ways, their own way. How often in our own lives do we choose to do things our way? And somehow God gives his grace enough so that we are still breathing on this earth. I cannot count how many times in my own life where I've chosen to do things the way I think I should do them instead of relying on what Adonai says I should do. And there's been consequences, but as you can tell, I'm still breathing and speaking and talking. And you know what? That is the grace of Yeshua and Adonai, you know, Yeshua stepping in on behalf of us to his father and saying, Father, please forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And even when they do, please forgive them. I know that you love them. Do not smite them. Let them have a second chance. And I'm so thankful that Adonai has done that for me. Now, she goes on to say, Adonai points out that Aaron and his sons would forever have the job of distinguishing between the holy and the common and between the unclean and the clean. And you are to teach the people of Israel all the statutes that Adonai has spoken to them by Moses. Find that in Leviticus 10, uh, verse 10 and 11. The apostle Peter wrote to first century believers scattered throughout the Roman, Roman empire and said in first Peter chapter two, verses nine through 12, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You were shown no mercy, but now you have been shown mercy. Loved ones, I urge you as strangers and sojourners to keep away from the fleshy cravings that war against the soul. Keep your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Then while they speak against you as evildoers, they may, from noticing your good deeds, glorify God in the day of visitation. Now, you know that I like my Tree of Life version, and that's what I read from, but she actually did it from the ESV version. Um, cannot remember off the top of my head what that stands for. But I actually like that version better just because it says, um, 
Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So not, not if they, they speak against you, but when they do speak out against you, they will see that you have good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. The point is this. And I'm going to go on to read what she has to say, actually, because she actually points it out for me. In this week's tour portion, we start an extended series of instructions on how to be holy and clean. If you are new to Torah, you will want to pay special attention to these instructions. Many have been kept by Christians for centuries, but many other commands have been completely ignored. I added completely. Sometimes reasons for obedience are given by God, but usually the only reason is be holy for I am holy. I almost think of it as like, that's God's version of us as parents saying, because I said so, except his really is be holy for I'm holy. Because if you step into his presence and are with sin, you will die. If we simply tell our children, because I said so, they may have a consequence, but they'll still live. Leviticus 11 is especially important as it discusses what foods we may eat and which ones are an abomination. You will also read that if an unclean carcass is touched, your clothes must be washed. And you'll also read how to clean various dishes and utensils that come into contact with unclean things. Your children can start to learn why good hygiene is important and exactly how to do it. It's amazing to me because in the, the Hebrew culture, it's one of the only cultures of that time um, that had any hygienic pro uh, processes at all. Like there were, you, you look at other nations and things and they didn't necessarily uh, stick to the hygiene. They might have had perfumes and oils to cover their smells, but they didn't actually necessarily clean things when necessary. Now, do we need to follow these laws if we are not able to enter the temple? I believe we should for two reasons. One, Adonai never said that these laws only applied to entering the temple. All of his people in every place should wash their clothes if they touch an unclean carcass, and none of us should eat things which he considers an abomination. I absolutely agree with her about this. Um, there's a reason he tells us not to eat certain animals. Typically, it's because they're scavengers, and they eat what? Unclean things. You know, like he doesn't... <laughs> He doesn't want you to eat, uh, you know, eagles or the type of flying birds that basically are what? Scavengers. They'll eat anything that's dead. Go ahead and email me if you think I'm wrong. I'm totally cool with it. Number two, we are praying for a new temple to be built when our Messiah returns. And as members of his holy priesthood, we need to teach his laws and decrees to our children so that they will know how to obey him properly. How? true that is i you know i really struggle with this too especially when it comes to uh christianity you know they they do a lot of things you know right but there are some things that they do wrong and i would say that's true for any group of believers including the messianic you know i'm not saying we're perfect either but i will say this that when you choose to only focus on portions of the word of god and yet say that the entire word of god is ordained by the Lord and that it is his word for us. It's a living word for us to absorb and to follow and to live by. But then 
in the same breath say, but we don't have to follow these things because that's we're covered under grace now and it doesn't count. As a child thinking of those things, you're thinking, hold on a second. That makes no sense. Why would you only follow some of the laws and then some of the laws no longer apply? Either they don't they do apply or they don't apply. Now, that obviously is not said for things like the temple laws because you're right. We don't have a temple and Yeshua is now our sacrifice. We are the living temple of the Holy Spirit, of the Ruach HaKodesh, and we need to remember that in our daily walk. But that being said, we also need to remember that yes, we're not perfect, but you know what? The Bible is the living word. Every single word of it is a living word. We are not to take away from or add to the word. And if we simply choose to follow that, our lives will go well. Now you can live without following these, these laws and these different rules. But you know what we tell people? It's like, look, it's not that you have to follow them. It's that we get to, to become more like Yeshua, to get closer to Adonai. The Lord has put in place this word for us to follow, to help us find our way down the path that Adonai has called us to in order to become more like him and to get closer to him. Because without the word, we are lost. Without Adonai, we are lost. We're just as lost as any atheist or agnostic out there or anyone else who is a different belief system. Because Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life. We've talked about that. John 14, 6. And we need to remember that and remind others in love. Now that's pretty much all I had for you this particular week. Please read the Torah portion this week. It actually is so, so good. Um, even with the two different half Torah portions, the Acts portion is about Ananias and Sapphira. If you're not familiar with that, definitely uh, go back to it. If you're familiar with it, read it again. It's so important for us to have an understanding of what God considers holy and what he doesn't. And if we are the holy temple of the Ruach HaKodesh, we need to be mindful of how we live and what we choose to do and do not do. And when we do those things, we will be able to teach our children diligently in the word. Just because your child goes to a Christian school does not mean that they're Christian. I can tell you that from experience just by subbing one day and doing one field trip with these small, beautiful little children. They need us to teach them and to guide them in the way that Adonai has called us to go. And in calling us to go, your children will follow you as well. But you have to teach them along the way. You do not leave it to other people to do for you. That is not what Adonai has called us to do. He's called us to teach our own children diligently. Now, my husband and I, we are not perfect. We have made so many mistakes. But you know what the point is? We still are trying. We haven't given up and said, oh, well, they're just teenagers. They'll just figure it out eventually. Right? So just remember that God has placed you, if you are a parent, 
in a place of stewardship for these children he has given to you to love, to discipline in love, to instruct in love, and to guide them in the way that Adonai has called you to guide them. Now, as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you have a fantastic week. I know I'm going to be very busy. I actually have two more field trips to do this, this upcoming week. And I am really looking forward to next week where I actually am on spring vacation. So I plan on doing a whole lot of not much, which is good because it's a good time to refresh myself and revitalize. So I will be back here next week and I hope you will be too. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is an Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. You can also leave me a one-minute voicemail message on Anchor.fm slash Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.